If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and California Politics. As always, Wednesday morning at 9 a.m., we sit, we chat, we talk about California politics over coffee. Um, hope everyone had a great 4th of July. Um, I hope everyone got to enjoy their, their three-day weekend of good times and fireworks and food and all that stuff. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Today I'm drinking Black Rifle Coffee or Die. That's a good, uh, it's a medium roast. So again, like we talked about before, medium roast has not as much caffeine, but it's pretty good. Very bold flavor. Uh, nice, nice, bold, full flavor for a medium roast. Dark roast, I never, I got off dark roast a while ago. I used to think dark roast were the best. I always thought I was like a tough guy being like, I drink the, the darkest roast possible. Dark black roast coffee. And you know, it's like now it's, it's almost too much. Like I'm not a big fan of the dark roast anymore. More a fan of the light roast and the medium roast every once in a while. So uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, I want to thank Richard Bailey again for hopping on last week. We had a great discussion about local politics. Um, Got to get that audio up. There was an issue with the audio, so I'm going to get that uh, podcast up soon for the audio listeners. As always, if you don't tune into this live, you can always listen to it on audio on Spotify, Apple, Google, all those different places. You can always listen to it in case you only tune in for a little bit or um, or if you want to tune in, you know, while you're in the car, stuff like that, and you don't want to be watching an Instagram video, that's safe. I don't recommend you watching any Instagram lives while you're in the car. That's probably not responsible. Um, tomorrow night on the show, we're gonna have Jonathan back. Jonathan, um, who came on a couple months back, and we did sort of a legislative roundup. We're gonna do another legislative roundup, talking about what bills are going through the legislature right now where we are you know there's some bills that failed since the time that we last spoke there's ones that are still going through they're slowly making their way through and there's some that have been gutted gutted and amended like what i'm going to talk about today a little bit because we're talking about sort of a longer version of the reel i put out yesterday which was talking about how noodles thought that he's gonna go out there and advertise to floridians that California is somehow more free than Florida, um, based solely on one issue. That's it. That's really all they, they he bases everything on. It's just one issue. Um, I guess if you can't get an abortion up through nine months, that means that California somehow is way more free than Florida, even though we're not talking about the fact that Florida has lower taxes, a better business economy, um, better Second Amendment rights. You know, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We're going to talk about some of that stuff today. And as always, I want to take plenty of time to answer plenty of your questions and comments. Always come prepared to chat. That's the point of this is that, uh, we're you know, it's more of a dialogue. Um, and yeah, basically, that's what this is going to be. Sort of a sit and chat and ask a lot of questions if you want to. Um, going to be trying out a new software tomorrow night on the podcast. So if there's some technical difficulties, um, just bear with us. Uh, we're just trying out something to bring a better quality podcast, a better quality video podcast, um, which will also include the ability, maybe not tomorrow night cause we're just getting used to it, but tomorrow night, uh, or, or down the road for people to actually like call into the show while it's being live streamed. There's a lot of functionality with it. Um, we're also exploring the idea. Uh, if you want to let me know, I may put a poll in the stories about whether or not you'd like to see some sort of like members only after show, which is basically like after we go, after we're done with the, the live podcast, there'll be like a private podcast where you can join in um, and watch us talk about things a little bit more off, off the off of topic um, in terms of stuff that wouldn't be accepted maybe on YouTube or something like that. And we can talk a little bit more frankly because we're not streaming on YouTube and we don't have to worry about their algorithm or their rules or stuff like that. So um, let me know in the comments if you think you'd be interested in a members only after show, after party show, and not after party show, like an after show. Um, and yeah, so a lot of exciting things that are happening. Uh, propositions are coming out. We've got all the propositions which have qualified for the ballot. I'm going to slowly start going through those. 
as time goes on, we're going to go through them. Uh, like Tim Pool, uh, yeah, Tim Pool does on his podcast. Absolutely, exactly like Tim Pool does on his podcast. He does an after show. Steven Crowder does the same thing. He does his thing on YouTube, and then he goes to Mug Club, um, where it's they they're off YouTube, so they can be a little bit more frank and talk about what they want to talk about. Um, you know, a little bit more adult. They can swear and stuff like that. Not that we want to just sit there and say cuss words, but we can be a little bit more relaxed. So I think it'd be an interesting way to really kind of, uh, have a little bit more, um, what am I trying to say? Not a little bit, not so formalized of a podcast anyway. So let's talk about noodles claim that California is somehow more free than Florida. Now, first I want to talk about something. If you didn't know this already, uh, Newsom is on vacation. Um, yeah, he's on vacation, so uh, he's out of the state. And there's some weird things about why he, what happened this time. You know, we know he went to Mexico. He, he went down to Baja for a little bit in a house that was uh, owned by a Russian oligarch. So I guess back then it was okay to be in bed with Russian oligarchs. But now, because of the Ukraine situation, uh, you don't have to, you can't be a part of Russian oligarchs. And then he went down to Central America for a while um, while. And, and keep in mind, a lot of these vacations were when people were still kind of suffering under COVID restrictions. So it seemed a little odd. He's been to Montana before. I think his wife owns a lot of property out there. And he just up and left. He didn't really tell people he was going. Whole family got up and left. So this is from Emily Hoven's newsletter. If you want to get sort of an idea, Emily Hoven has a great newsletter she puts out. She's a reporter for the Cal Matters. Um, uh, website, and she does a really good job kind of just presenting the news. She doesn't really have a bias or anything. Correct. Yeah, we're still in a state of emergency, as someone just pointed out. We're still in a state of emergency, but he's off in Montana. Um, she was the first to report on Tuesday evening. It was information that the governor's office appeared low to disclose. Although the office said Friday the governor had left California to spend time with family, it did not until Tuesday answer questions about where he was or when specifically he would return. A notice, noticeable difference from communications surrounding other recent out-of-state trips. Um, a spokesperson said Tuesday, Newsom hasn't yet booked his return trip, but will return to California over the weekend and be back in office on Monday. Maybe he'll never. Maybe we can only hope that he would never book a return trip. The governor's office didn't respond to a question about why that information wasn't initially shared, but one possible reason can be that Montana is among the 22 states to which California has banned state-funded and state-sponsored travel, citing policies it deems discriminatory to LGBTQ plus people. Montana is also one of the states Newsom office has called out for restricting abortion access. Isn't that interesting? His office said in June 24th press release that Montana will likely ban the procedure following the U.S. Supreme Court's recent decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, Though local outlets say abortion is likely to remain there for the foreseeable future. Anthony York, Newsom's senior advisor for communications, told me, quote, we don't legislate where people vacation, never have. The travel ban applies to expending state funds. The governor's travel is not being paid for by the state, end quote. Asked if the state is paying for Newsom's security while he is in Montana, York said, quote, we don't comment or provide details on the governor's security. The parents of Newsom's wife, first partner, Jennifer Sabeel Newsom, own a ranch in Montana, and the couple was married there in 2008. Uh, the reluctance of Newsom's office to share details about the vacation contrasts sharply with clear communications surrounding other recent out-of-state trips and suggests the governor is aware of the politically perilous optics of vacation in Red State while he attempts to position himself as the vanguard of the Democratic Party, a strategy praised by columnists and national outlets such as the Washington Post and the Atlantic. And he slams Republican-led states for COVID-19 policies and high crime rates, among other things. Uh, for example, when Newsom and his family departed on vacation for spring break, the governor's office disclosed that they would be in Central and South America from March 30th to April 12th. And last year, when Newsom and his family took a trip to Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving, the governor's office shared they would be in Mexico for November 22nd to 28th. Uh, and they haven't shared that. Um, so she's acting. Now we have Governor Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kalanakis is serving as the acting governor. Um, she won't be taking any actions on bills. And that's basically it. Um, so 
interesting that he comes out last week with his 4th of July ad kind of attacking Florida. And we all know why he's attacking Florida. We know that he's attacking Florida because he's trying to position himself um, in, in contrast to Ron DeSantis. And I think if they're looking at insider baseball, the fact that they're all kind of going after Ron DeSantis shows that maybe the insiders have an inside track on whether Ron DeSantis plans on running or not. Or maybe they know that the insider polling is that Ron DeSantis would most likely be the prevailing candidate and probably have the best chance of winning in the general election if it was 2024. So it's no surprise why he's already placing attack ads in Florida because he wants to get that name recognition up there. Now, remember, Florida is... It may have changed a little bit since Ron DeSantis, and they've done a good job of registering a lot more Republican voters. Uh, but it's still close to a almost semi-swing state. It's been red the past couple sessions, but it doesn't mean it's it's decidedly red. It's not like, let's say, I'm trying to think of a, a deep red state like Kentucky or something, where as soon as it hits 8 p.m., we all know it went red. Um, Florida, you have to wait out a little bit. There are some pockets of, of deep blue. So... He is already going after these red states, and he's already positioning himself as the potential candidate to replace Joe Biden in 2024 or toward in 2028. Now, it I don't think he really needs to increase his national exposure. Maybe he's trying to increase his national exposure in a different way, because I think a lot of people look at Newsom and what's going on in California, and they say, I don't really want what's going on in California to come to my state. I would venture to say I don't think a lot of Midwest states or swing states are going to look at Gavin Newsom and say, um, I would want Gavin Newsom over Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis. Um, And it's funny that he's now attacking the red states when he is now vacationing in a red state. And again, this is just one of those things where Gavin Newsom, he's all big on the virtue signaling, but he's not great on following up. He is not someone who practices what he preaches. We don't need to go rehash what happened at the French Laundry. The French Laundry is the prime example of what Gavin Newsom does, which is do as I say, not as I do, meaning you have to lock down, you have to mask, you have to stay home, you have to do all this, you can't open your restaurant. Um, don't go anywhere, stay home, keep your kids at at home. Don't do any of this stuff. You know, go to the grocery store if you absolutely have to, to get your rations and go right back home. Meanwhile, he's having a swanky meal with an oil and gas lobbyist. Um, Jason Kenny, look him up, Jason Kenny. He's a big oil and gas lobbyist and best friend of Gavin Newsom and a $15,000 bar tab just for the bar tab is $15,000. He's having a great time at the French laundry. So he's positioning himself to say these red states are horrible. They're restricting a woman's right to choose and, you know, freedom of speech, because I guess he's going to talk about the don't say gay bill and stuff like that, even though don't say gay was never actually uttered in that bill. And that was just parroted by the media over and over and over and over again, to the point where people just accepted don't say gay was actually the bill. That's just the power of framing it that the media said it's don't say gay. And that's what it is. So he's going after Florida, mostly because he's not really attacking a red state, more like he's just attacking Ron DeSantis. Now, you see him, he's going off to Montana, which has some of the stricter abortion laws. I would venture to say that they probably will end up, Montana might have a stricter abortion law in in terms of banning abortion than Florida may ever have. So for him to say that we're going to take a stand based on this one issue of abortion and then go and vacation in a state such as Montana, for numerous times he likes to go back there. I guess his wife is from there, so makes sense that they go back there and they own a big ranch. Um, I wonder if it's sort of like a Yellowstone-style ranch. Maybe it's like the Yellowstone. It's a really big ranch. Um, But it shows that he's not necessarily always practicing what he preaches when it comes down to it. And the fact that not only is it the abortion access, the stances against LGBT, which now there's these bans on what state travel is because it's a big virtue signal. California won't spend any taxpayer money to send politicians to these states as if these states really give a crap about whether or not California politicians show up or not. I don't think Montana is worried about whether or not California foots the bill to send politicians to Montana. Um, But, I mean, we could talk about a lot of things that he doesn't really want to talk about when it comes to whether or not 
California is more free than anyone else. California may give the impression that it is more free on a lot of choices. And some of those things I would not say are freedom in the sense that people usually think about freedom. I would not consider the fact that opening drug areas in open air tents where people can go and shoot up drugs as some sort of freedom. Now, if you're some sort of, uh, you know, if you're one of the libertarians who believes that you could do anything you want with your body and you don't believe in these cultural wars, I guess you're fine with that. And you think that's freedom. I don't think that's necessarily a great way to keep society together. Um, maybe I'll do a whole episode on that because I think that's really something interesting to talk about when it comes to real, are we accepting this in society? Is this normal to accept in society? Is it freedom? If you now have these people who are out there doing drugs impinging on your right to private, like your right to enjoyment, your right to walk down the, the sidewalk and all that. Um, but one of the biggest things is this bill SB 918. Now, SB 918 has been amended, gutted and amended in response to the New York case, the Bruin case that just came out about carry and conceal. Now, you didn't think that California was going to sit idly by, right, and just let this happen. They weren't just going to throw up their hands and go, well, I guess that's it. I guess the Supreme Court says you have a right to carry and conceal and you don't need good cause. So now everyone can go get carry and conceal. Now, you're seeing a lot of these blue states push back on this. New York was most recent. They've added a whole bunch of places they call sensitive places. And if you read the opinion in Bruin, they talk about these ideas of sensitive places. They're going to run with that as much as possible. They're going to say, oh, well, now all these places are sensitive places. So now you can't effectively carry a gun. Um, So here are some highlights. Thanks to a Reddit poster, Lockie Balboa. Uh, and it basically, I'm going to read them off to you. Um, do, 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 do. It allows for uh, the issuing agency to charge additional fees, allows issuing agency to require insurance, allows issuing insurance to require psych evals not to exceed $150, allows issuing agency to charge up to $200 in fees, uh, and that can rise with the California cost of living, cannot carry in courts, which was always true, can't carry in or around schools, sort of always true, can't carry in or around churches. Now, that's something different. You used to be, you could be able to carry in a church, cannot carry in or around airports, bus stations, train stations, etc. Um, airports was, yeah, you couldn't carry in airports, but a lot of these bus stations, train stations, all that. But now this includes the parking lots of these places. So even if you're going to pick up someone, from these areas, you can't carry your firearm, cannot carry in or around buildings under control of local government. That's been around, cannot carry in or around hospitals, nursing home, medical officers, urgent care, other place of medical services are provided. Um, can't carry in or around anywhere that liquor is sold for consumption on the premises. That changes it because it used to be, you could not carry your firearm into a bar. And there was a difference between a bar and what they called a tavern. A bar is exclusively a bar you walk into, you get a drink. They don't really serve food. Um, The general rule is more than 50% of their revenue comes from liquor. You can't carry in there. Um, So restaurants that have a bar, you can go ahead and carry in that restaurant. But now it's anywhere they serve alcohol, you can't carry in there. Uh, Cannot carry in or around public. Now, keep in mind the language in or around. So basically whatever around is, is basically in the area in or around public or special event open to the public that requires a permit cannot carry in or around the playground cannot carry in or around parks athletic areas or athletic facility can't carry in your gym cannot carry in or around colleges cannot carry around in or around stadiums arenas etc cannot carry in or around library cannot carry in or around zoos cannot carry in or around amusement parks cannot carry in or around museums cannot carry in or around financial institutions cannot carry in or around any business that is open to public Unless they have a slogan allowing firearms. Um, So the last one is really interesting. Basically, any business in the state of California, any business. So basically, they've just said any business that's open to the public, you cannot carry your firearm. Right. Um, Unless they put a sign that says you're welcome to carry your firearms in here you'd have to actually wait to see if they have that sign before you enter that business. Um, That would effectively mean 
nowhere. You can't carry in or around any business that doesn't have that sign. Where do you walk in California? You're going to be walking around businesses and not every private business is going to have a sign that says you are allowed. And especially in a state like California, where it would be taboo, right? That it would be taboo to say we welcome carrying firearms unless you're in a really red county. Places like San Diego County, you're most likely not going to get a lot of people who are going to put a sign on their window and say, yeah, come on in with your carry and conceal. You're you're basically not allowed to carry anywhere anymore. Um, so if we're talking about freedom, definitely not on the Second Amendment freedom. And they knew that they were going to, you knew that California was going to do something like this. New York has just done it. Um, they're trying to basically make everywhere a sensitive place. But the caveat is, and why I think this is probably going to get challenged and lose in court, is Thomas said in the opinion, and yes, that is Winnie, if you hear in the background, my trusty Wednesday morning host snoring away. She's really active today. I think she's got something stuck in her throat. She's got snots or something, bulldogs, it happens to him. Um, but in in the case, he basically said you can't deem an entire city a sensitive place. Like they tried to say New York City was a sensitive, the entire city of New York was a sensitive place because the NYPD is there to protect you, um, which we know that's not the truth. And we know that New York is not, the NYPD are not going to personally be bodyguards for every single person in the entire city. So you can't make an entire city. This is proposed law. Someone just asked, is this actual law or is this proposed law? It's proposed law right now, passed in the Senate. It's going to the Assembly. The old gut and amend where they took a bill that was something else and they gut and amended it and turned it into something completely different um, because they know that this decision came down. They're going to say, well, yeah, you can have your carry and conceal license, which they say in the bill. They say based on you know the Supreme Court ruling, they're no longer should any county require good cause. Um, someone asked what the number is. It's SB 918. So you can go check it out. SB 918. It's a long bill. They did a lot of, they put a lot of stuff in there, a lot of statistics that they want to kind of shape public policy about. Um, but you knew that they weren't going to take this line down. My thought that, uh, is that it will get challenged in court. And if they're following the Bruin ruling and how Thomas has laid it out, uh, a lot of this is going to get struck down because you've effectively banned someone's right to carry out in public. Because based on this list, you're not going to be able to carry anywhere, right? You're not going to be able to carry anywhere in the state of California. Maybe in your car you can carry um, because you're not allowed to really carry in or around any of these places. And you'd have to be in the middle of nowhere to be not around a private business, to be not around a church, to be not around any sort of government building, to be not around any sort of school, to be not around any of these places. And the fact is that they say in or around. So even if you're walking past a bar, technically you're not supposed to be walking past a bar with your carry and conceal firearm. Um, do I think it will get challenged in court? Absolutely. Do I think the Firearm Policy Coalition is going to sue for it? Absolutely. Do I think the California Rifle and Pistol Association is going to sue? Absolutely. I think there's going to be huge pushback on this one. And hopefully we can get an emergency stay or preliminary injunction saying, look, you can't go this far. Like, yeah, you can deem some places sensitive, but looking at the Bruin decision, you can't deem basically everywhere. And I think that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to see if they can play games with this and see how long they can keep this in litigation. The question is whether or not they'll be able to get some sort of preliminary injunction or emergency stay so that the bill or the law doesn't go into effect. It hasn't passed yet, but I would believe it is absolutely going to pass. And I think the only way maybe we can get some sort of uh, calling thing going that we can get a lot of people to call in and say vote no on SB 918. Um, but it's a hot button issue right now when it comes to guns, especially with the shootings that happened over 4th of July. You know that there's going to be even more emphasis on stricter gun control bills. 
Um, so that's just one area when we're talking about, is there more freedom in California? Now let's talk about something else. Is there more freedom in the state of California if you are a business? No, you're not mostly likely going to get any more sort of economic freedom if you are a business here in the state of California. One of the most uh, prohibitory and costly ways of doing business, which is if you just want to set up an LLC or a corporation in the state of California, you have to pay an $800 fee every single year. And a lot of people may say, well, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's an $800 fee to just have the privilege of doing business in the state of California. And that's if you owe no taxes, meaning if you've gone through the entire year and you have a loss on your taxes, meaning you didn't make any profit, it's your first year, it's rough, you're just getting going, all of a sudden California slaps you with an $800 bill and says, congratulations, you don't owe us any taxes, but you do owe a mandatory $800 fee. Um, does that sound like it's more free to run your business here in the state of California? If we want to talk about taxes, we want to talk about payroll taxes. They're trying to pass $18 minimum wage here in the state of California. So that small businesses, mostly the mom and pop. And remember, most businesses are the majority of businesses in America are under a hundred people. And you have to think a lot of these are deemed small businesses, mom and pop sort of places that have several employees. Now, if you jump the minimum wage in California up to 18, can you still run that business? Uh, No, you most likely won't be able to, especially if you're struggling to make ends meet. So that the taxes, the regulatory system, the fact that you have to abide by so many different things to even get your business up and running in California, there's probably no I would I would say there's no economic freedom here in the state of California. Um, I mean, do we want to go into what happened in the My Sharona Cyrus pandemic, which is all of the freedoms that were curtailed then? Let's talk about the freedom of religion. Freedom of religion was greatly curtailed here in the state of California during COVID, uh, so much so that even the Supreme Court had to step in and sort of be slap noodles and say, look, you can't do this. You've gone way too far when it comes to restricting someone's right to religious freedom. Uh, Gorsuch, we've talked about it on this show. We talked about it on this podcast about his scathing opinion to California and Gavin Newsom about what it means to have these emergency powers and how you still have to abide by the Constitution. Because if there's no, if we can just deem anything an emergency and throw out the Constitution, then it's more likely that leaders in the future will figure out every sort of thing to make an emergency and throw out the Constitution. Freedom of religion, definitely not completely. uh, And and I think we've seen a lot of their true colors showing. We've seen the mask kind of slip off when it comes to California politicians. The status here in California, their position on the Constitution is that if they could, if they could snap their fingers, they would get rid of most of the Constitution tomorrow. Um, They don't believe in freedom of religion. They didn't want you going to church. They didn't want you to enjoy church. They didn't want you to go congregate with other people. They wanted you to do your Zoom calls. They wanted to close churches. So now there is a permanent injunction. Thankfully, um, sort of the silver lining of that case was there is now a permanent injunction forever, forever, ever, ever, meaning a permanent injunction that if there is ever a lockdown again, and stuff like liquor stores and supermarkets are open, guess what? Churches are part of that essential item that, and that they have to remain open. But the horse was already let out of the barn. California didn't want churches open. They didn't want people to worship. Churches, synagogues, any sort of religious building, they did not want you to go practice your religion. Um, so freedom of religion, do we have that? No. Let's talk about freedom of speech. You want to talk about freedom of speech? Well, they did try and pass a bill and got to double check on this, whether or not it actually made it through that they wanted to fight back against, quote, misinformation. Now, a state basically deeming what is misinformation and passing a law as to what is misinformation shows you can't. It's called a prior restraint and you cannot do so when it comes to speech. A government cannot already determine based on vague and overbroad determinations as to what speech is permissible or not. Basically, their whole standard is we know misinformation when we see it. Now, the citizens have no idea what misinformation is because you may believe something and somebody else may believe something else. And you don't know until you get slapped by the state who says, no, this is misinformation. You're not allowed to say that. So 
talk about California Democrats who are trying to pass this bill so that they can restrict your speech. Do we have freedom to speech in this state? Not necessarily. And then when you have AB 2908 or 2098, which is basically saying that if a doctor prescribes or tells a patient anything that's against the approved narrative. Now, remember, the approved narrative is a subjective structure as to what is the approved narrative. And science continually changes as you learn more facts and you learn more stuff. You're going to learn what is the truth or what is closer to the truth. Um, so for them to say, based on today's science that we approve of, if you say something bad, we could bring you in front of an ethics board and you can lose your license. Is that freedom of speech for the doctors? No, it's not freedom of speech for the doctors because now the doctors are forced to. It'd be like saying that back in the old, like in the Black Plague, you know, when the Black Plague was around, if there was a doctor who said, hey, maybe we shouldn't be getting rid of cats because these rats are carrying infectious diseases. Maybe we should bring cats back. And that wasn't the approved narrative, but it was the correct narrative. It would be like that. It would be like them taking them out and, you know, setting them on fire for being a witch or something like that. That's basically where we're at is that the assembly wants to restrict the freedom of speech for doctors here in the state. Um, boy, let's talk about freedom to choose. Can you choose what you want to do? Um, not really, because it's sort of forced and coerced by the state. The state tried to get through Cal OSHA. It tried to get through all these different regulatories to get you to have to take a vaccine if you wanted to work. Is that the freedom to choose? So if you keep going down the line, you can go through the first. Oh, boy, Winnie. See, even she's getting really upset about all the freedoms you don't have. Uh, if you go through just the Bill of Rights alone, you could go down one through 10 and say, do you have this freedom? No. Is, do you have this natural right to liberty? No. You don't have this natural right to, right to liberty. Um, and you can just go down one by one. Freedom to choose. No, you don't have freedom to choose here in the state of California. Do you have the freedom to say whatever you want? As long as it's approved narrative, you can say whatever you want in California. Um, do you have the right to your property? Not necessarily because they want to figure out ways to take your property. They want to raise property taxes. Um, and especially with the way sequel works and all that, you basically can't do anything environmental without the state stepping in and telling you, you can't do something with your property. Um, now all houses have to have solar panels. So that's a huge industry and that's a huge sort of racket for the solar panel industries, but I'm getting off topic here. The point is, is that Noodles can't just, for one thing or another, say, oh, we have more freedom here, and just point to one or two progressive, which I like to call regressive policies, and say, these are this is what makes us more free, is because we're more progressive, aka we're more regressive here. He can't sit there and say, well, we allow abortion up to nine months, so therefore we have more freedom here. Well, yeah, I mean, if that's your definition of freedom is that you are free to abort or kill a child up until nine months in the womb, I guess technically you do have more freedom here. But on the entire scale, you don't have more freedom here in the state of California than you do in Florida. That's for sure. Um, and then when it comes to anything else, do you have the freedom to choose? Not necessarily. Do you have the freedom from hate? That was a weird thing. He said there's freedom from hate. Freedom from what hate? If you're a conservative or anyone center right in the state of California, you are basically demonized. Every Democratic politician here in the state of California just hates on anyone who disagrees with them without impunity. So if he's talking about freedom from hate, because he mentions that in the ad, oh, freedom to hate or freedom from hate, not freedom to hate, freedom from hate. Uh, if you raise your hand anywhere in the state of California and say, oh, I'm conservative, I'm center right, or maybe I'm a little conservative on these issues, how much hate is spewed your way? Look at the biggest politicians here who do nothing but mischaracterize what it means to be a Republican, who say well, all Republicans are insurrectionists who supported a, a civil war and supported dictatorship and fascism, and they're all neo-Nazis and racists and blah, 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 blah. So there is no freedom from hate, especially if you're someone who does not agree with the party's approved narrative. Again, we're going back to that approved narrative from the party and from Sacramento. 
Uh, you are not free from hate. In fact, it's almost encouraged that you are hated upon here in the state of California, that you are despised, you are cast out of society, and that you are made to believe that you are a bad person and that nobody believes in sort of the same things you believe in, and you're all by yourself. Um, so do I think he's spot on with any of this? No, I think he's gaslighting the hell out of people in Florida to try and believe that there's more freedom somehow in California. And again, if your definition of more freedom is whether or not you can kill a child up until nine months in the womb, then I, that's a warped way of saying there's more freedom and that California still believe in freedom in the state. Um, and I don't see a lot of Floridians going, you know what? You're right. They do believe in more freedom. I'm going to go back to California and let's say the people who moved out, maybe those people who are going to fly back or flee back to California, Florida would probably be happy to see them gone anyway, because if they're going to move based on one single issue of abortion, then maybe they don't want them in the state of Florida anyway. Um, so with that said, that was my long diatribe about whether or not we actually have more freedom in the state of California or not. Um, I'm going to pop it open for questions and commentary while I take a sip of coffee. You can hear the soothing sounds of Winnie snoring in the background. She has a funny way of like, she'll be super quiet all morning. You know, she's super quiet. And then the way she like rolls around on her back or something, and then she can't breathe and she starts snoring. So happens every podcast. Every time I do a podcast with her in the room, she always figures out a way to roll over and snore. Um, so people are asking whether or not there's a way to stop SB 918. It's still going through the assembly. Um, so let me pull this up where it, where it is. Um, and one, one site you can use if you want to really start following these bills and you're a nerd like me and you want to make sure you follow these bills is you can go to openstates.org and you can follow all these bills. So you can sign up. It's free. You can just sign up for all this stuff and you'll follow it and they'll give you an update on what's going on with the bill. Right now is introduced in the Senate in February 3rd, 2022, passed in the Senate on April 18th, 2022. Um, but it has been gutted and amended. Um, as of June 28th. So do pass as amended, meaning that it was amended um, and they passed it as amended. And now I have to go back to the appropriations committee. Uh, do you recommend getting a concealed carry permit before new laws get enacted that restricted? Uh, yeah, I, I'd say go get it now. You know, go get it now. Go apply right now um, because this could get tangled up in court and I wouldn't say just wait on it. Um, so... Yeah, I would definitely recommend if you haven't go do it right now, go figure out, you know, go submit the application, go get your name in there, because a lot of these counties are going to take a long time to get this stuff through. So, yeah, absolutely go and get your CCW. And I think, like I said, I do think this is going to get challenged in court. I do think a lot of it's going to get struck down. They may say like the history and tradition. Remember, the rule is. Uh, plain textualism in the history and tradition of what a carrying conceal means. That's the Second Amendment now, the history and tradition. History and tradition has shown there are sensitive spaces, um, which throughout history of our American history that we can say these are sensitive places, government buildings, courts, stuff like that, fine. Um, it makes sense because in a lot of government buildings there is security. In every courtroom there's a bailiff that is armed, so you don't really need to carry whether or not you trust that that one bailiff is going to protect you, um, that's up to you. But a lot of other things like private businesses and restaurants and stuff like that, you can run into violence or a threat in any of those places. So that's sort of the idea. And there's no, there's not security at every single private business. That's really what it's going to come down to is that if you're go if you could potentially see some sort of threat of violence at any of these places, you should be able to carry their churches are another thing. A lot of churches don't have security. Um, so that's why they allow people to carry in churches. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully it doesn't get passed soon because I'll be disappointed. I went through all this work to get a carry and conceal and then they passed this bill and I can't really carry it anyway. So um, is there a way to get the emergency powers taken away? Who needs to propose this? Uh, well, there are two ways to get rid of emergency powers in the state of emergency in the state of California. The one is the governor can... Uh, 
he can declare it over at the soonest possible date. Um, right now, I think the soonest possible date has uh, come and gone. I think we've uh, we've already been past that. Uh, so the fact that he hasn't given it up yet, he's going to say, well, it's still out there. COVID's still out there. I mean, if that's your bar and he's just going to say COVID is still out there, COVID's going to be out there for a long time. And COVID's not going away. It's going to be like the flu. It's going to be one variant of a respiratory illness that we have now in our society. So um, I think he's blown past that requirement. Um, and the legislature can get rid of it. You can have the legislature remove his emergency powers. But you don't see the Democrats are not going to be um, removing his emergency powers anytime soon because why would they? It gives them the ability to kind of point to Newsom to get everything done on their behalf and they don't really have to do as much and they can focus on these dumb woke laws that Scott Weiner loves to propose. So let's see. I can see them passing this. There's no opposition in that capital. Kevin Kiley and one other person I've seen oppose these horrible laws they pass. Um, maybe I am black pilled, but as long as they, that supermajority is power noodles in the legislation will pass whatever they want with no pushback. Yeah. And this is something I've said numerous times and I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. The legislature could be the, is the biggest linchpin that we can focus on and really start working towards flipping. A lot of people always want to say, well, you know, who's for governor we need a governor. We need Larry Elder. We need someone to come in and, and save the state. Larry Elder could have came in as a governor in the recall. He could have tried to get stuff passed. You have a Democratic supermajority. They're not going to agree with him on anything. And even if they wanted to pass laws, he could veto stuff. It'll just go back to the legislature and they'll just override it because there is that ability that if there's two-thirds majority and there's a supermajority, you can pass legislation. You don't even need a governor. Um, that's the biggest thing. And the numbers are not as big as people think they are, right? I think it's like six senators we need to flip and there's no more supermajority. And that does change the power of things a lot. That does change the balance of things a lot in the state legislature. Um, even more important than the governor's race, I think every Californian should be laser focused on their state legislatures. Uh, you should be focused on who's in your state assembly, who's in your state Senate, uh, because these have an enormous impact on your day-to-day -day lives. These bills have an enormous impact on your day-to-day -day lives. And when you get rid of that supermajority and make it more even, it does change what comes through the legislature. You don't get all these woke bills. You don't get a lot of these things that will um, that look super crazy to the rest of the world. And it does require a little bit more bargaining if they lose that supermajority. So I always say focus on your state legislatures because that's really what it comes down to. More importantly than governor, we got to make sure the legislature is, is squared away because once that's squared away, <coughs> you can do a lot more. And it does. it's like a tourniquet. It stops the bleeding for a little bit. It's kind of a, a temporary fix until you can get really more um, remedy in there. But as of right now, that's what you really have to focus on. What are the odds of us being able to flip those six legislatures? Uh, well, it depends on where they're running. Um, I'm trying to think of any Senate, state Senate races that are up and that are close. Um, you know, it, it, it's tough because, well, there's not that many senators. There should be more senators. That's for sure. There's not enough senators in the legislature. They should expand senators to one per county. So it should be, and that should be their jurisdictional areas, one per county. You should have one senator per county, and that's it. 58 senators, one per county. Um, and it really, yeah, it does depend on who the opposition is um, and who is running and where they're running in those specific areas. But it doesn't mean it's it's completely out of, a lot of people think it's, a hundred percent Democrat. It's not a hundred percent Democrat. Um, that is a issue of, you do have to get better people who are running. You have to look at sort of registration. You have to kind of fix registration and not a lot of this is going to be super easy. Not a lot of it is going to be overnight, but it does have to come from somewhere. It does have to come from people asking questions. It does have to come from people getting involved and it does have to come from people 
having these conversations about politics in California and saying, okay, there's got to be other people who think like me, or at least are closer to what I think than what I'm being told in the media. Um, and I think there is an, a, as, as California lurches farther and farther left, there is an opportunity to switch minds and kind of bring people back towards the center and maybe center right over time. So, um, but yeah, state legislators are the most important. You have to focus on your state legislatures because that's really where a lot of the power is. I mean, I'm an, I, I, I'm a wonk who believes state legislatures are an incredibly important part of our American Republic, but that's a whole different show. My confidence in our vote system is not high or at all. Yeah, and we've talked about this before um, in terms of a lot of people just immediately go from, well, my guy lost, therefore it was rigged. And in reality, it's not that. It's the fact that Democrats have the numbers. A lot of people like to point towards the recall, and they say, like, oh, the recall shows that Noodles cheated to get back into office and he beat the recall. I don't believe that. I believe he had the numbers. Um, I believe that they were able to drum up enough fear with Larry Elder and his Trump connections that it motivated his base right before the election. Um, until then, it was pretty evenly split on whether or not they were going to get rid of him, meaning there were these other candidates like Kevin Faulkner and Kevin Kiley and John Cox who were running against them. And it was pretty almost evenly split, you know, within the margin of error of who, what, what was going to happen. No one really knew. Um, so it was Larry. I, you know, I say Larry Elder's entrance did kind of seal the deal because he was the Trump Republican that Gavin Newsom was waiting for. And the minute Larry Elder stepped in, there was enough, you know, you saw that ad a hundred times a day, just Larry Elder and Trump sitting next to each other. Just the whole entire thing. Just Trump and Larry Elder. Trump and Larry Elder. And then enough people were saying, oh, I don't want Larry Elder, so I'm going to go vote and to keep Newsom in office. Although before then, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of apathy. There were a lot of people who weren't really excited to, to go out and vote for Newsom in the recall. But the, the most important thing is is that you can't just automatically revert to if my person loses, then it must be rigged. No, you have to step back. And the only way we're going to get better, and I get a lot of pushback for me calling out Republicans because people say, oh, you're not supposed to fight against Republicans or the number one. What What, what, what is it? The number one commandment from Reagan is that you're, that you're not supposed to talk ill of other Republicans. Um and I, I say, look, if you're going to sit here and you're going to pretend you're a perfect party and that everyone you put for, forward is perfect, you're never going to learn. You're never going to get better. You're never going to figure out what did we do wrong? How do we get better? What kind of messaging do we have? And that's really the big problem with the California GOP is that they've basically just been doing the same thing for the past 40 or 50 years in, and saying, oh, well, if we just push this same message we've been pushing since Ronald Reagan was governor, things will work, you know, we'll just keep pushing this message and instead saying, okay, what kind of candidates did we run? How was our messaging? How did we get out to people? What are people really interested in? What are the issues people are really interested in? And how do we reach those voters? How do we get the right messaging? How do we get that stuff completed? So we actually make inroads. Um, and that's really what politics is about. And if you can't step back and go, man, we really screwed up on this one. We need to get better. Um, then you're never going to get better. And if you just continually blame it's cheating or it's ballot harvesting or something like that, it's never going to get better. So let's see. People need to go to their offices and talk with their reps. You can call and email them. But when they have a woke intern answering those calls and reading those emails, how many get to the reps? They have to, I believe they have to log it. So um, the woke interns can't fuddle with it that much. Um, so still call, I mean, still call They, they want you to be demoralized and not do this stuff, right? They want you to be demoralized. So you don't do this stuff. We need to rally our conservative family and friends to get out there and vote. The bigger the voting numbers, the more of a chance we have. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
sadly, I don't know if there's enough conservatives. I mean, a lot of conservatives are dismayed here in California. They don't want to vote. They think it doesn't really make a difference. But if you tell them your vote has a big difference in the state legislature, maybe, because everyone kind of just waits until the presidential year and they go, well, I'm not going to vote for the president because it doesn't make a difference here in California. When reality, you should be saying, yeah, well, you know, this crazy bill that they just passed. Guess what? It doesn't come from the president. It comes from the state legislature. And guess what? Your vote in the state legislature has a lot more impact than it does for president of the United States. So there has to be more of a focus on the local. (laughs) Yeah, Major Williams can't do wrong amongst tribal Republicans. That's true. You know, because he's perfect, right? He's the perfect candidate. Open-minded people and vetting is the way to be better. We need to play offensively. They need to be a voice of people they have forgotten that. Absolutely. And I think you play offensively by framing the argument. You, you play offensively by framing the argument where you set the standards as to what the argument is. And for so long, Republicans have not done that here in the state of California, where they've basically just reacted to everything Democrats have done. And that's the wrong way to go about it. You don't want to just react to uh, everything the Democrats do because you're going to argue in their paradigm and you're going to lose 10 out of 10 times. You have to create a new paradigm and you have to frame a new argument where they're going to um, they're going to have to argue against you. Like explain you present an argument and have them try and argue against you. And most likely they're going to lose. But the California GOP has not doing, done a good job of that. I don't think there's been enough of a groundswell, uh, a, a grassroots organization to uh, get that going where Republicans are sort of trained on how to frame the argument and how to talk to voters on issues that really matter to them that will get Democrats, uh, moderate Democrats and independents to come over and vote for them. Um, so I think there's a there's an opportunity there, which, you know, we are going to move forward with the Calipublican caucus. Things are starting to look up. We're starting to organize again for the Calipublican caucus. So things are looking up for that. We've got more people on board. Um, so hopefully you'll start to hear some stuff coming out about the Calipublican caucus uh, soon. Not voting is a vote for the status quo. That's well put. Yeah. Not voting is waving the white flag. Absolutely. Uh, exactly. They want you to waste energy on their narrative then we don't get our message out. Yeah, you don't you don't want to argue in their narrative, and that's the most important thing. You do not want to argue in the Democrats' narrative. You almost want to take your entire argument away from them and create new arguments and then say, okay, look, we're over here arguing why nuclear is the better energy and it's just been deemed. I saw this literally this morning that the EU parliament has deemed nuclear energy a green energy, meaning it's now got the seal of approval for all the woke people out there that nuclear energy is now green energy. Um, And you have to argue why nuclear is better, why it could provide, you know, lower cost of electricity, especially for those lower and working class uh, Californians, why it's been proven safe, why it's zero carbon, all that stuff. And that's why you have to come out and you have to, frame the argument and start that argument. And then when Democrats come along and say, well, no, 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 we can't have nuclear energy because it's bad for the environment. Really? I just laid out why it's good for the environment. It's better for the environment than, let's say, your wind turbines, which kill how many birds, or solar panels, which are not recyclable. Um, And you have to create the argument. So that's, that's basically what what you have to do um who declared that oh the eu parliament uh, i saw this morning declared that nuclear energy is now green energy so it's now got the seal of approval in europe that they're going to start using nuclear energy and i think people are starting to realize that nuclear energy is the way to go um do, 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 do someone say Cal Republican needs to talk with the exit movement huge voter based disenfranchised with the left and right has been absent in california just anyone talking to people is has really been absent in all of California. That's really what it comes down to. There's really been this void. There is no opposition in the state of California because people have just a lot of people have just given up. You know, the national California, the National Republican Party has basically written off California outside of a couple congressional seats, which they then get to boast about 
come the next cycle and say, um, oh, well, look, we flipped three congressional seats and nothing against people who are running for Congress. You know, we've had Tamika Hamilton on. It was, it was, we love Tamika Hamilton. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're talking about what's happening here in the state of California, sending people to Congress doesn't, nece- doesn't change what's happening here in California. It doesn't ha- have the effect of what's happening here 3,000 miles away from D.C. because you have a legislature that is so completely overrun with Democrats that what are you going to do? I mean, but they don't focus on that. They don't focus on the fact that they can actually start to win those races. If they have better messaging and they have better candidates who can actually get the word out and start to get voters who are disenfranchised by the Democrats and give them a better option. Cause if you ever talk to a Democrat, um, and gotten them to the point where they're basically like, you know, I, I agree on some of these things and I agree on some of this stuff. And you say, oh, well, you're kind of like fiscally conservative on stuff. And they say, oh, well, I'm libertarian and stuff like that. But they don't want to join the Libertarian Party. It shows you there's sort of a, a, a battle between their own political ideologies because there are stuff they believe that's fiscally conservative, but there's some stuff socially liberal that they they believe in as well. Um, and the problem is, is that for some reason they just go with the socially liberal and leave out the fiscally conservative because they're afraid of, I guess, their ego or they want to feel like they're a good person because they voted for the socially liberal party. Um, even though none of the stuff that I think they do in California that they say is socially progressive, I think it's socially regressive. That's just me. Um, this is why we need to focus locally. Cities have a huge impact on what happens in our daily lives. Yeah, that's a great comment because California is so big, right? California is so big that you can insulate yourself with a good county board of supervisors, with a good mayor, with a good um, city council, Uh, And we saw it firsthand in COVID where there were county supervisor whole boards that said, we're not listening to the dictates of what's coming out of Sacramento. We're not going to close down businesses. We're not going to do this. We're not going to require masks. You know, we had uh, a mayor here in San Diego who said, look, I'm not going to require all, I'm not going to shut down businesses. I know these are people's lives. I'm not going to use our police to shut down businesses. Um, And basically he is just one mayor who said, look, I'm just not going to listen to it and defied it so yeah local does have an impact and california is so big it is like its own country where if enough local entities kind of don't listen to what the state says you've kind of nullified what the state is doing which is great i mean that's nullification you can talk about nullification on the national scale which is where states don't listen to federal laws and they don't abide by federal laws that's nullification And you can also do the same thing here in California, which is where the counties say, we're not going to listen to what Sacramento says. So it's state nullification. So um, that's why it's even more important to focus on local politics, because you can insulate yourself. If you think Sacramento has absolutely lost its mind, which it has, you can absolutely just get those local politicians in there, make sure they stick to their guns and let them take the brunt force of it and protect their citizens. So. Let's see. The city of Palmdale has a law against vaccine passports and third party sharing of our information. We stand against the county of Los Angeles. There you go. See, cities are important. Um, the city gets its power from the cities that form it. The county uh, supervi- can, board of supervisors can make ordinances, so they can vote on stuff um, that you would have to abide by. So at least here in San Diego, um, the, the county can sign ordinances as well and make their own laws because it's a, it's a governmental body as well. So with that said, I'm uh, going to end for today. Thanks for everyone. Uh, there's going to be new uh, products coming out soon that I've been working on with the new uh, limited edition summer logo that I did for this month for July. Uh, I'm going to be doing couple more products limited edition probably just for the month of july so i'm going to be posting those soon tune in tomorrow night on youtube at 8 p.m we're going to be doing our legislative roundup cynthia and jonathan will be here we're going to be talking about all these bills including sb 918 we're going to talk more about that we're going to talk about other bills such as 
AB2098, where that's going. Um, that way you guys can have an idea of where things are going. Talk to your neighbors and your friends and your family and say, hey, this is uh, what's going on here in California. You should get on the get on the horn and stuff like that. Yeah, everyone's been liking the new logo. Everyone's a big fan of the new logo. So um, it may be a limited edition sort of logo that just kind of sticks around for July, just for the month of July. We'll see. Um, but thanks again. Hope to see all of you all tomorrow night at 8 p.m. over on YouTube. Um, and yeah, I'll see you on the next one. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 